you have your Bibles, amen, open up to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. I'm going to be reading out of the New International Version this morning. Amen. The Bible says this. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every, everybody say every, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. I want to read that one more time, amen, because I wanted to sink in this morning. The Apostle Paul is addressing the church of Ephesus because there's some growth and maturity that he would like to see within the body of Christ. And his desire is to see people move forward. His desire is to see people get ahead in the Lord and get ahead in life. Amen. And so he stands before the congregation and he says, Hey, in order for you and I to move forward in this thing called life, we need to get rid of some things. We need to lay down some things. Amen. And he says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage and anger. Get rid of all brawling and slander. Along with every form of malice. He says, and be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other. Just as Christ forgave you. So powerful. Just for a little bit this morning, I want to teach on this topic. Of let it go. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's time to let it go. Tell your other neighbor it's too heavy for you. Let it go. It's too heavy. It's time to let it go. Jesus, we love you and we appreciate you this morning. We thank you for the reading of your word. Our desire here this morning, Jesus, is to let it go. To place it in your hands, Jesus, so that we could live lighter, live freer, so that we can please you and those that are around us. Jesus, we want to give you all the honor and all the glory. We open up our hearts, our minds, and our souls to receive your word this morning, Lord. We pray that it produce good fruit. We pray that it produces growth and maturity in our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God one more round of applause as we take our seats this morning. Amen. I, I want to start out, amen, this morning um, by just speaking to you a little bit, amen, as my introduction on a personal level. Amen. Most of you know me and uh, uh, some of you know me well and some of you know me and uh, some of you don't know me at all, amen, and uh, uh, 
I don't want to get into too much detail, amen, uh, uh, about what God has done for me in my life. And um, I think it's obvious what God has done for me and for everyone in this place today because we're here. Can you say amen? amen. And uh, we're not perfect people, but we're striving to be perfect. And we're allowing God uh, to move in our life. And we're allowing God, amen, to shape us and to mold us and to place us on the potter's wheel. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. I remember coming to the Lord, amen, at the age of 31. Amen. And, and when I came to the Lord, I remember I came tired. Amen. I came tired. Amen. I came exhausted. Uh, I, I came with, with very little strength. Amen. Uh, barely getting by, barely getting through. Amen. Because of the lifestyle that I had chosen, amen, to live uh, because of the, the path that I chose to walk down, the road that I chose, amen, to be on. Amen. And so I remember coming to the Lord, Brother Richard, I came broken. Amen. I came broken. I came with nothing. Amen. I came uh, off the streets, amen, into the house of the Lord with just the clothes that I was wearing on my back. Amen. I, I, and I was tired. Amen. I was tired. Amen. Life, amen, had really taken a toll on me physically and it had taken a toll on me mentally and it had taken a toll on me emotionally. I, I had no emotions. Amen. And my family right now will probably say, you still don't have any emotions. Amen. But uh, that's another teaching or preaching. That was a joke by the way. Amen. But uh, I, I remember coming tired. I remember coming uh, beat up. Amen. As they say in the world, uh, beat up from the feet up. Amen. And needing a, a checkup from the neck up. Amen. I, I came tired. I came exhausted. Amen. The world had really uh, taken uh, a toll on me. But I also remember, Brother Frank, I I remember coming into the house of the Lord, uh, uh, coming in bitter, amen, I, uh, coming in angry and, and, and full of rage, amen, a brawler, amen, I, I came in a brawler in off the streets, amen, and mixed in with a hint of malice, amen, all wrapped up, amen, in a nice package with a huge big bow on it, I came in with all of these things, when I initially walked in, amen, to the house of the Lord, amen. But thanks be to God, I have to say this morning, thanks be to God, amen, for the transforming and the renewing of my mind. I have to thank the Lord, amen, although that I came in with all of those things that I could stand here today, Brother Roland, and, and thank the Lord, amen, for, for transforming my mind and, and for restoring my life, amen. Because honestly, church, I can tell you right now that had it not been for the Lord, had it not been for God, had it not been for the Lord having mercy and grace upon my life, I don't know where I would be today. I don't know if I would if I would still be alive. If I would still if if I would be six feet under or or serving a life sentence somewhere or out there lost and confused, Amen. Uh, in in not my right sound mind, just walking around the streets talking to myself. So I have to stand here and thank the Lord for all of His goodness and all of His grace and all of His mercy, amen, that He renewed me and that He transformed my mind. Amen. Because you know what, church? I came with a whole lot of baggage. I walked into the house of the Lord with a whole lot of baggage. Amen. And today I believe it with all of my heart. That we have way too many people. We have way too many Christians. Amen. Walking around caring 
too much baggage. Amen. Can somebody say amen? amen. Carrying too much baggage. Amen. And this baggage comes from, from mistakes. Uh, it comes from, from hurts. It comes from pains. Uh, it comes from disappointments. Uh, it comes from, some, from bad choices and bad decisions that we make. That you and I make. It was my choice, uh, amen, to do the things that I did. It was my choice uh, to walk down the road that I walked down. It was my choice. You know what? At the age of 18, I couldn't blame my mama no more and I couldn't blame my daddy no more. Because when I became an adult, amen, but the Apostle Paul says when, you, when, you, when you're a child, you act like a child and you talk like a child uh, and you respond like a child and you behave like a child. Uh, but when you become an adult, when you become a man, uh, when you become a woman, amen, uh, you got to leave those childish things alone uh, and step in, uh, amen, to adulthood. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. And far too many people are walking around, amen, uh, carrying this baggage, amen. And, and the most common baggage that we carry is, is bitterness and, and anger and, and rage, amen, because of, of past. Somebody say past. Because of past pains and because of past frustrations. Amen. And this, my friend, I can guarantee you today that whatever you bring from the past is going to follow you into the future. So whatever we walked into the church with, uh, if we're not letting it go right here for Jesus to deal with it, uh, guess what we're doing? Uh, we're taking it into our marriage. Uh, we're taking it into the workplace. Uh, we're taking it into our relationships. Uh, we're taking it into society. Uh, and God says, uh, I need you to cast your cares upon me uh, because the battle is not yours. Uh, the battle is mine. And can I tell you that these things are a battle? <laughs> can I tell you that they are a battle and God says that battle is not yours, it's mine, so why don't you take it off already? Isn't that what he says in the word of God? He says, lay it all down at my feet. Why? Because it's obvious that you can't do it. I got to do it for you. Amen. And so it blew me away when I read this. And I, I thought, man, I would have loved to have been sitting in a pew uh, listening to the Apostle Paul address the church uh, on how to live free uh, and live lighter uh, and go further in life uh, without having to carry all of this weight around. Amen. Such a, a, a simple message, but so powerful. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. And so the most common things that you and I, we come into the church with uh, is we come bitter. Amen. Uh, we come bitter from the world. We come bitter from, from wherever it's at. And we come angry and we come full of rage because of past pains and past hurts and past frustrations. Maybe it was a past relationship. Maybe it was another marriage that you were in. Amen. And you got hurt and now you bring Bringing it into this marriage because you haven't learned to give it to God. Amen. You know, I was having a conversation with my wife, and and you all know that we were married before when we were in the world. Amen. And uh, and so she was telling me that the court has this uh, uh, what is it called? An advocacy agency. And the advocacy agency says, hey, we recommend that when you divorce somebody, that you wait five years before you get married again. And you say, why? Well, because it takes five years to let this go in the world. So that you're not bringing that baggage into a new marriage. 
Amen? But that's what the world says. We know God can take it like that. Amen? Amen? Now, I don't want you leaving this place looking at, oh, we shouldn't have got married. You know, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. You're married. You need to stay married and work it out. Somebody say, work it out. Because Jesus is going to work it out. Jesus going to, no, okay. Jesus is going to work it out. Amen. I've seen God perform miracles in marriages. I've seen it happen in weeks. Where they're on the verge of separation, and then now they're honeymooning. Thank you, Jesus. Revival. Amen. And so God can do anything if you let him. God can do anything if you surrender to him. God can do anything if you come and you say, I can't take it no more, Sister Iris. I got too much weight on my back. And I got to go and drop it off at Jesus' house. Here you go, Jesus. I'm done. I'm gone. I'm going to live freer. And I'm going to live lighter. Amen. Amen. But you see, there's too many people walking around, and they like the backpack. They even decorate it. Amen. They even bedazzle it. They put lights and signs on it. Amen. You ever walk around? You know, my younger boy, my boys when they were younger, they were all into backpacks. They're walking around the house with a backpack. And I'm like, what's wrong with you, man? Take that backpack off. Sitting on the couch with a backpack on. What are you doing? Tactical. Oh, it's tactical. Tactical upstairs. Take that bag off. Brother Richard remembers. He used to come to the house in the beginning when him and my daughter were dating. I think they were all wearing backpacks. Hey, man, like, just in case something happens and we're out in the wilderness, they got pots in there and pans and those meals that you just put water in, like the military, bullets and grenades. You guys going camping? You guys going camping? No, we're going to go watch TV. With your backpacks. I'm not kidding, church. People like it. They get comfortable with it. Huh? They get used to it. And God is saying, if you want to move forward in life, and you want to move forward in me, you want to move forward in marriage, you want to move forward in your job, you want to move forward in society, then you got to let it go. Let it go. That's what he's saying today. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, let it go already. Amen. Let it go. Because I guarantee you that that baggage will spill over into current and future relationships and create collateral damage. You think that by you carrying all of these things only affects you? It affects everybody around you. And, you know, these aren't things like, you know, you guys think that's funny that they're walking around, but they didn't get into the shower with the backpack. I hope they didn't. They didn't get into their bed at nighttime. Brother Gregory, I hope they didn't sleep with the backpack on. That'd be pretty weird. You can't even put it on. See that? Because I already let mine go. I already outgrew it. I already outgrown it. So that's why it don't fit me no more. Amen. That's what Jesus wants. Amen. But I had a backpack, brother, with all kinds of bricks in it. You see, there's only a little tiny brick in each one of these, but every one of them, that's, that's bitterness, that's anger, that's rage. What else we got there? Huh? What else we got there? We got brawling. 
We got slander. And we got malice. And do you know that every one of these has synonyms, 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 other things mean other stuff? You see, this may be the root of 20 other things you got going on in your life. Because bitterness brings unforgiveness. I wrote some stuff down. Look at God gave this to me this morning. I was sitting at my desk after prayer at home. Amen. And I was like, Lord, give me some more things. And, and I, this is, I always get mail. My wife gets upset because I get mail and I turn it over and I, and I write it. We haven't even opened it yet. So I need to make sure I give it back to my wife. Amen. But I asked them, give me a list of things people have in their bags. He says, okay, take out your pen. He says, people got immorality in their bag. People got drunkenness in their bag. People got lust in their bag. People got low self-esteem in their bag. People got complexes. Not complex. Complexes is a whole bag of its own. Amen. People got worry. People got fear. People got doubt. People got greed. People got idolatry. People got pride. People got high-mindedness. People are gossipers. People got lying. People got partiality. People got laziness. People got unfaithfulness. And the list goes on. I would fill up this whole church with bags. If we were to bring out everything that people carry in their life. And God is saying today that it's time to let it go. To let it go. Amen. Amen. It's time to let it go. Because this baggage that you and I carry will affect Everybody around us. So tell somebody today I'm letting it go. Somebody say today I'm letting it go. Not tomorrow. Not next week or next month. I'm going to hold on to it for a little while longer because I got comfortable with it. It matches my shoes. Today. And so as I prepared, I began to ask the Lord. I says, okay, wh- what are people going to say? And what is the obvious? Oh, pastor, it's easier said than done, right? And then the next question is going to be, okay, what do I do? What do I need to do? And so the first thing that we need to do is this. Is we have to know the issue. We have to identify it. We have to know what it is. And if it's not one of those, then maybe it's one of these. And if you know what it is, he says you got to identify it. You have to identify it. You have to know what it is. Amen. Because obviously, to let go of an issue, we must know what that issue is. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul identifies six specific things that believers need to let go of. The first one is bitterness, amargura. Hit you with a little bit of bilingual, amargura. Amen. Rage, rabia, furia. That's va- that that one is violent. Amen. Rage is violent. That's not like anger. Anger is a is a feeling. It's an emotion. But rage is a reaction. Amen. And people think that rage and anger are two of the same things, and they're not. 
Rage means that you're about ready to burn the house down. Or you do. When you're angry, you just think about it. But when you're full of rage, you act on it. Amen. Then you got brawling. El peleador. You know, the brawler puts his hands on people. That's called physical abuse. That's what the brawler does. In a fit of rage, he becomes a brawler. Amen. Then we got the slander. The one that likes to tell stories about people and falsehoods and lie on people. Slander, defamation. Amen. And then this last one right here is powerful. The last one is malice. You know what malice is? Malice is wishing evil on somebody. Wishing that that individual would die. Or that something bad would happen to them. It's evil intent. That's what malice is. Not caring about an individual. I don't care. I don't even like them. That's what malice is. That you don't care whether an individual pulls through or doesn't pull through. As a matter of fact, your hope is that they don't pull through. Your hope is that they... Bad things happen to them. I hope she loses her kids. I hope her kids never come back to the Lord. I hope she loses her job. That's malice. Amen. And so once we've identified it, and we know our issue. Somebody say my issue. Not when we know our spouse's issue. Not when we know our neighbor's issue or our cousin's issue. When we've identified our issue. Amen. You know, some people read the Bible for other people. That's like looking in the mirror trying to see another face. Amen? Looking in the mirror hoping to see your husband. Or hoping to see your wife. Or hoping to see your co-worker. No, that's not how you read the Bible. You read it to identify your issue. Amen? And once we've identified it, this is getting heavy. I'm starting to perspire up here. No, but I'm trying to prove a point. This is how people are walking around. This is how people are living their life. With this weight on their back. With this heaviness on their back. You know, but the good thing is, 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 is you know, the, the thing is, is that I'm not going to get into the shower with this and I'm not going to get into bed with it. I'm going to take it off. But some people are not taking it off. They're carrying it into their life. They're carrying it into their bedroom. They're carrying it into their workplace. They're carrying it in society. And God is saying, hey, you were not built to carry that. Amen. Amen. And so once we've identified it, we need to bring it to the light. We need to bring it to the light. Once I've identified it, 
Once I came bitter, I came angry, I came all those things. And you know what? Once I identified it, I came to the Lord and I said, hey, here's what I've been carrying all my life. Can you take it? And you know what he said? He said, leave it here. I got you. Because where I'm taking you, that can't go with you. The job that I have for you, you can't be carrying that with you. The lifestyle that I want to give to you, you can't have that in it. Amen. Amen. And so we have to bring, this is heavy, I'm sorry. Amen. Amen. Break. Amen. So once we've identified it, we have to bring it to the light. Amen? Okay. I got bitterness. Here you go, God. I'm bringing it to you. You identified what's holding you back. You've identified the problem. And now you're bringing it to the light. And you're doing it to get rid of it, to let it go. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you today, church, that God's sole purpose today is to heal you. His purpose is to restore you. His purpose is to strengthen you and to mend you. Amen. And to perfect you for his kingdom. Amen. Amen. So that you and I can walk in freedom. We're not free. That makes us bound. God wants to set us free. Amen. He says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can I tell you, if you claim to have God in your life, then you got to be free. Amen. In 1 John, in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, the Bible says this. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and we declare to you. John says, okay, this is what we got and now I'm declaring it to you. Okay. He starts out by saying this. God is light. So when we identify it, we bring it to the light. Because God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. And you know one of the things that Sister Soraya said while she was up here, while we were doing worship? Amen? Amen? She said something to effect of, we're not taking our stuff out there to other people. We're bringing it to you today, Jesus. And too many times we're taking this bag and we're trying to drop it off with somebody else. And we're taking another bag and, and we're trying to give it to somebody else. And we're taking this bag and we're trying to give it to somebody else. He can't fix my anger. He can't take away my bitterness. He can't take away my rage. So why am I sharing it with him? Why am I unloading my baggage on you when you probably got a couple of these bags on yourself? The Bible says, identify it and bring it to the light. Because in me, there's no darkness. There's darkness in him. And I don't mean no disrespect, but there is darkness in him. And there is darkness in her. And there is darkness in him. Why? Because they're not perfect. So why am I taking my darkness to darkness? 
when I should be taking my darkness to the light. Amen. Amen. He says, bring it. That is so powerful that we could open up the altar with just that. Amen. John says this, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. He says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, but yet we walk in the darkness, then we're liars. We can't claim to have fellowship with him and be walking out there like them. That makes us, not only are we liars, but we're hypocrites. Amen. Then we lie and we do not live out the truth. God is truth. You know that the devil, the Bible calls him the father of lies. So if we're not walking in truth, then what's the opposite of that? We're walking in the lies. If we're not holding hands with God, we're holding hands with Satan. Amen. Amen. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is the light, then we have fellowship with one another. Me and Jesus are having fellowship with one another. We're, we're connected to one another. We're, we're talking to one another. We're walking with one another. Amen. And when that happens, the blood that he shed on Calvary covers me. That's what he says. He says, if we walk in the light and have fellowship with him, then the blood of Jesus, his son, will purify us from all of our sins. But it's not until we come into the light and out of the dark. You know, church, you you know, I hear people all the time. They say, oh, I want to change this and I want to change that and I want to stop doing this before I come to church. Can I tell you, you don't have to come perfect. You don't have to. You come to church to change. Amen. Amen. That's why we come to church to change. And can I tell you that just a little bit of light will expose a lot of the darkness. Amen. Amen. You could be in a warehouse that's a million square feet and it could be completely pitch black and you light a match and you'll get you'll find your way around that warehouse without any problems. All it takes is a little bit of Jesus to get you going. It just takes a little bit of Jesus to set you on your way. It just needs it takes a little bit of Jesus to set you free. Amen. And so he says this, if we claim to be without sin, then we deceive ourselves. Don't think that for one minute, church, we can sit in this place and lie to the Holy Ghost and say that we have no baggage. None. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cooler than a fan. He says, if we claim to be without sin, then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, then we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Amen. Amen. We have to identify it. What is it? What is it that's holding you back? What is it that's causing you to be weary and tired and heavy laden? When you put your finger on it and you identify it, bring it to God. Amen. And then lastly, trust the process. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, trust the process. You got to trust the process. That's a baggage too that we don't trust. Not only do we not trust people, but we don't even trust God. Amen. 
And so we have to trust the process. What is the process? The process is to identify it. It's to, to, to bring it to the light. And thirdly, to trust that God is going to see you through. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3 and verse 5 and 8, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all. Everybody say all. all. Trust in the Lord. You know why he didn't say trust in people? Because people will fail you. People will let you down. People will hurt you. So he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Stop leaning on what you think is right. Stop leaning on how you feel things should be. And trust me, he says, and lean not to your own understanding in all. There's that word all again. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and abstain from evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. You notice how I, I said all and your a certain way? Amen. Because that scripture is about you and me, not nobody else. Amen. He's talking to me. He's talking to you about you. Amen. Amen. And so the, we know that the process of letting go can take long and it can be difficult. Amen. Even the process of identification can take significantly longer than you would like. We know that it's not a simple hop, skip, and a jump. Amen. And there's going to be times where this is going to feel heavy. Just like right now that I was wearing it. Not that I could. I'm a pretty strong guy. Not that I couldn't carry it longer, but it was heavy. Amen. Some of us are walking around too heavy. We're walking around too heavy. Amen. And I know that there's times when the baggage feels heavy, but remember the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 that I can do all things through him who gives me the strength. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verses 37 through 39, the Bible says in all things we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. Oh. Amen, I don't know, but those are encouraging to me. Amen. Amen. Maybe you've heard them too many times. And they've gotten old in your life. And they're not exciting no more. God's word doesn't excite me no more. That's a baggage. Amen, Amen. Church is boring. That's baggage. You're saying God is boring. You're saying God's word is boring. You just added to your bag. But he says this, and all things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. He says, for I am convinced, the Apostle Paul says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, uh, neither angels nor demons, uh, neither the present nor the future, uh, nor any powers, nor any height, nor depth, uh, not any else in all creation uh, will be able to separate us uh, from the love of God uh, that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
nothing should separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Not your job, not your wife, not your husband, not your neighbor, not your boyfriend, not your girlfriend. Nothing should come before you and the marriage that you have with God. Amen. Amen. Nothing. That's what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. It says it clear as day. He says this, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. Amen. That's what God's will is for you in your life. Amen. That you should be sanctified. That you should be washed, that you should be cleansed, that you should be transformed, that you should be renewed, that you should be set free, that you should be liberated from the baggage that you're carrying. That's his will for your life, is that you should be set free. That's his will. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. He says it plain as day. God, what's my will? What is my will, God? What will do you have for me? Let your will be done, not my will, right? Isn't that what the prayer was? Okay, God says my will for you is that you be sanctified, is that you be holy. He says, be ye holy because I am holy and you're created in my image. So act like me, walk like me, talk like me, be like me. Do everything like me. That's what he says. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God a round of applause. Amen. Hallelujah. Tough crowd today, but that's all right. Amen. Amen. That's something to give God praise over. Amen. Man. I'm going to tell you, church, as I close this morning, I'm going to tell you that neither one of you would have wanted to be around me 16 years ago. It was not a good situation. I pushed family away. did things I'm not proud of, hurt the people I loved or that I love, still I love them. Disappointed people left and right, couldn't get it right. People would try to help me and I'd just take my problem, take my baggage there and live the same way, act the same way do the same things burn bridges everywhere I went took advantage of people they give you the hand and you take the whole arm that was me talk about a huge depleter of relationships in my job, job after job, job after job, job after job. Couldn't hold it together, couldn't get it together, couldn't hold it down, couldn't be responsible. Had an excuse for everything. And I knew it all. But that was just me. But it wasn't until I got to a place where God said, you don't have to live that way no more. You don't have to be bitter no more. You don't have to be angry no more. You don't have to walk with rage in your heart anymore. You don't have to be unforgiving anymore. You know, I was reading uh, uh, 
I was in my office and I was reading a portion of the Bible and I was I got to the part in Galatians that talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And I was like, God, I need you to change some things in me. I need you to turn some things around, even for me as a pastor. And a lot of times we read the Bible and we don't know the difference between words. And I started reading the gifts of the Spirit. I've been act- asking God, just activate those gifts in me. There's, there's nine gifts. Some of us have a couple of them. Some of us have all of them. Some of us don't have any of them. But the first gift is love. For God so loved the world, the Bible says that he gave his only begotten son, love. It started with love. He gave. How many of you would give your son to die on a cross? How many of you would give up your only son and say, here, beat him and bash him and bruise him and rip his beard off of his face and whip him and then nail him to the cross, spit in his face? How many? I wouldn't. I would give myself before I give one of my kids. But it's love. And you know why he started with love? Because love covers a multitude of sin. Oh my God. Brother, if I got love in my heart, I don't have room for that. I don't got room. Because my love is more powerful than hating my brother or my sister. My love is more powerful than being angry at my son-in-law. He's... He's good right now. He's always been good. But then he goes on to say, joy and peace and kindness. And the one I've been praying for, long-suffering. Oh, some people shook their head. Help us, Jesus. Long suffering is hard. Gentleness. You know, I went home and I was sitting there and God, I was like, okay, joy, peace. And I know this is a bad metaphor or a bad example, but we have two dogs in our house. My dog, Duchess, and her dog, Naji, Minaj. And for those of you that have ever been to my house, my dog, Duchess, she's a female pit bull. She looks mean, but she's not. She's just so full of joy. For real. For real, brother. All she wants to do is play. And you can see the joy in her when you walk in. She jumps at you and licks your face and wants to play and goes and gets the rope and drops it in front of you and looks at you like, can we play? Can you throw the rope? God said, that's joy. And then I look over at the other side of the couch and I see my wife's dog that just looks dead all the time. Always asleep. That's peace. It doesn't matter what's going on around her. She'll still sleep. 
Because she's peaceful. I think we're going to rename them Joy and Peace. But those are the fruits that God wants us to have growing on our tree. Those are the fruits that God wants you and I to produce so that others can come and take of it. You know, a tree does not produce fruit for itself. The tree does not eat its own fruit. It produces fruit so that we can eat it. And so God wants you to be a tree that is full of good fruit so that your family can eat off of it. So that your daughters and your sons and your grandchildren can eat off of it. And your neighbors can eat off of it. And for those that are hurting can spot good fruit and go to you to glean and to pick off of your branches. But you will not produce any fruit at all. While you're carrying that on your back. You got to let it go. You know some of that keeps us awake all night. All night. And that's why he says. That's why he said in that scripture. I love it. He says, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. If you ever, people get sick because of that. People get sick because of worry. People get sick because of anxiety. People get sick because of anger. People get sick because of depression. People get sick. And what do we do? We want to run to the, and I'm not, I don't, nothing wrong with doctors. Nothing wrong with doctors. God put them in that field for a reason. He gave them that knowledge. He gave them that wisdom. But right away, people want to run to medication instead of running to Jesus. When God says, hey, give me a chance. Give me a chance. Come to the altar. Come to the altar and drop that bitterness right here. Come to the altar and bring that unforgiveness. Come to the altar and bring that anger and bring that rage and bring all of that malice and bring that unforgiveness. Bring all that lust and bring all of that anxiety. Bring all of that worry. Bring that doubt. Bring that fear. Bring all those things and leave them here and see if you walk away lighter because can I tell you that after carrying a lot of weight, it's bad for your knees. It's bad for your feet. Can you say amen? It's bad for your blood and for your sugar. It's bad for your heart. It's bad. That's why when they see that you're overweight, the first thing the doctor says is you gotta drop some pounds. My body hurts. You know, a couple months ago, my wife and I, we started eating different. And I've dropped 20 pounds. My feet don't hurt as much. It's getting a little easier to climb the stairs, Brother Greg. My back isn't aching as much. Got a little more energy. I feel a little better. I feel a little lighter. Amen. Amen. And that's what God is saying here today. Live light, live free. Amen. I'm going to open up this altar. I've been anxious to open up this altar for, the, for all week long. If God spoke to you today, if God spoke to you, if he deposited something in your heart today, that you know without a shadow of a doubt that God spoke to you, then you need to come up to this altar because there's something that you need to let go.
so that you can walk out of this place with the new pep in your step. Walk out a little lighter. Walk out a little freer. Can you say amen? Amen, this altar is open. Come on up. Amen, this altar is open. Don't leave this place without letting God do a work in your life. This is what the altar is for. It's to leave it here.